Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now. Thanks for joining us here on Napa Broadcasting. Over a year ago, caregivers at the Queen, including nursing assistants, pharmacy techs, and respiratory care practitioners, voted to join a union, specifically the National Union of Healthcare Workers. Ninety percent of caregivers at the Queen voted, and yet good faith negotiations between the workers and the Queen have not happened. Twice the hospital has appealed the union's election, and twice those appeals have been denied. And the Queen is still using the possibility of yet a third appeal, to put off good faith negotiations, obviously a stalling tactic. The Queen has also taken reprisals against union workers, and this action has been confirmed by both the National Labor Relations Board and the federal courts. Recently, though, a federal court has ordered the Queen to bargain in good faith for the 420 workers involved. Today, we're going to talk about what's going on there at the Queen with my guest, Dan Martin. He's a local representative of the National Union of Healthcare Workers, and it is my pleasure to welcome him here to Napa Broadcasting. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for giving us the opportunity, Jeff. It's my pleasure. First of all, take us back a little bit to, to the history of this. Go back a year or so and kind of tell us how this whole relationship evolved with respect to the union and the queen. Well, first of all, it's important to know that um, the caregivers of Queen of the Valley are the union, right? The union is not some far-off organization. It's the caregivers at Queen of the Valley that make the union at Queen of the Valley. And, and uh, oftentimes, uh, caregivers in the healthcare industry, when they feel that um, the, the traditional quality care that's been given um, is, is, for whatever reason, lacking, they're not able to give the care that they're used to giving and committed to giving to the community, um, that, that, that there are uh, problems in continuing to make that happen. Um, and so frontline caregivers will oftentimes um, form a union um, and not simply to improve working conditions, wages and benefits, but really put motion the ability to uh, to enable an atmosphere that allows them to give quality patient care um, to the community, you know, where they live, where their families live, where their, you know, where their neighbors live, right? And so um, that's why uh, oftentimes, you know, caregivers will come together to form a union. And that's what they decided to do at Queen of the Valley um, over a year ago. In fact, I'm, and, you know, it was some months leading up to the election, uh, but finally, an election was held last winter, um, and it was conducted. Uh, important for your um, listeners to know that it was conducted by the federal government, which is an impartial, neutral party uh, that, under the law, um, conducts these elections in the private sector. Um, and so uh, workers, because they were um, displeased at, at the level of care at the hospital, um, because of uh, a number of reasons, uh, treatment of caregivers, uh, et cetera, that they came together and they filed a petition to uh, have a union represent them at their hospital. Um, at that point, um, the federal government conducted an election, um, and it was uh, there are uh, two ways that uh, an election can happen. One is by uh, mail ballot. Um, and one is what we call on-site balloting. 
where they will be, people will come to a location at the hospital and vote uh, in person. Um, the National Labor Relations Board decided to conduct this election by mail ballot, um, which is their right under the law. And important to note that St. Providence St. Joseph's Healthcare Corporation, which operates Queen of the Valley, um, has agreed to a mail ballot at other hospitals where we've had elections and won. Um, so they conducted a mail ballot. Uh, the union, the workers won the election. Um, and right away, Queen of the Valley management appealed the election saying that um, caregivers uh, were disenfranchised and it was an undemocratic process because uh, folks were required um, to vote by mail. Um, interesting to note, though, that in our civic uh, elections uh, for, you know, local, state and federal um, elections, right. more and more we're going to a mail ballot process. Um, in fact, I believe starting next year, I could be wrong, Jeff. No, you're correct. That, that is correct. The research, yeah, where Napa County will go to an, an all mail ballot for all elections. That is correct. Um, so. You know, certainly doing uh, balloting in elections by mail ballot is not unheard of. And in fact, in this situation, rather than disenfranchise workers, important to note that over 90 percent of those eligible to vote in this election, Jeff, actually cast the ballot. What was the basis then for the Queen's appeal, other than the fact that it was a ballot by mail? Did they have any other reason? And, and that was turned down initially by the NLRB. What was their second reason for appeal? They appealed the election results to what they call the Northern California region of the NLRB here in the Bay Area, which is the first step in the, the appeal process. It was denied at the, at the local regional uh, level. And then they appealed the decision to Washington, D.C., and as I'm sure you're aware, Jeff, in Washington, there's the National Labor Relations Board, which is made up of, um, when it's a full board, five members um, who make these decisions. It's like the final stop in terms of the internal NLRB appeal process. Right. Um, and it was rejected by the, by the national uh, board. Um, and so... They're continuing to appeal the process. After the second appeal was turned down, why didn't the Queen enter into negotiations at that point? Once it became clear that their second appeal was turned down by the NLRB in Washington. Simply because they're not, they don't want to recognize the democratic will of their employees under federal law. Plain and simple. That's it. They, um, and there's, there's, there's no other reason. And I say that because there have been other election processes, as I've stated before, mm -hmm. with, uh, with uh, Providence St. Joseph Hospitals, and they have not been appealed like to this extent, right? So, but, but something occurred um, after they, they lost the second appeal. Um, they started uh, negotiating with the union, not on a contract, Jeff, but under the law. Once a, a, a union is certified, which we were at that point, the employer is required to bargain over any changes in the terms, of con, uh, terms and conditions of employment 
for those employees represented by the union. Okay. And so they started to do that. I'm not sure if you're aware, but they're undergoing some renovations at the hospital mm-hmm. where they're re where they're redoing their dietary and, and cafeteria areas. Um, and they sat down and they negotiated with us over that. They negotiated with us over a number of issues. Um, when we prepare for negotiations, Jeff, under the law, the employer is required to provide the union with various information so that we have the data we need to be able to bargain, you know, uh, knowledgeably uh, on terms and conditions of employment. They started to provide that information. And about three or four months after the fact, we got a letter last March saying they were no longer going to, they were continuing to appeal. They were no longer going to negotiate with the union. They were no longer going to provide bargaining unit information. And so the National Labor Relations Board filed uh, an unfair, what they call an unfair labor practice charge against the hospital saying that, in essence, the hospital did recognize the union, as I just described to mm-hmm. you, Jeff, and now they were withdrawing recognition after recognizing the union. So does that make sense how I'm describing that? It makes sense how you're describing it, and I'm not sure it makes sense why the queen is doing it. <laughs> the queen is doing that simply because they don't want their employees to be in a union. They don't want their employees to be able to come together in a united uh, fashion to have more control over their work lives and the ability to provide quality patient care to the community. They don't want that. One of the things that's particularly confusing about all of this is, as you mentioned before, the Queen is owned by Providence St. Joseph's Health, and they have hospitals in Petaluma and Santa Rosa, and there are union employees at those hospitals. Yes, and they're represented by our union. Right. And, And we don't understand. We simply want the employees, our members, at Queen of the Valley to be treated equitably like their uh, um, co-workers at Memorial Santa Rosa Hospital and Petaluma Valley Hospital and St. Joseph's Eureka Hospital and Providence Tarzana Hospital in Southern California. Simple. And, And by the way, those hospitals have negotiated fair contracts with our union. So... It's it's simply out of spite, you know, with uh, with uh, Queen of the Valley. It's simply that, and we've reached out to members of the board of directors. We've reached out to the Larry Coombs, the CEO, and and there's no uh, getting through to them. One of the things that's happened, and the courts made note of this in its recent decision is retaliatory actions that the Queen seems to have taken towards employees. Talk about that. Oh, sure. Um, You know, there were uh, people that, um, you know, filed charges about being uh, retaliated against for supporting the union. There was one charge that you may be aware of where um, an employee's schedule was changed for no other reason than the fact that he stated that, and by the way, this isn't our finding. This is a finding of the National Labor Relations Board, Jeff. Right. Uh, again, an impartial you know, party in this situation found that the hospital retaliated against him for voicing his support for the union. 
And there are a number of other instances where um, what we call a chill has come over those supporters of the union so that it got so bad that a federal court issued an injunction because there were forces at work that were detrimental to employees having the right to bargain fairly with the hospital. And, and, and let me tell you how extreme this was. Uh, I'll give you some facts and figures, Jeff. Sure. In 2016, there were over what we call 21,000 unfair labor practice charges filed in the United States. An unfair labor practice charge is a charge made when uh, the union believes or employees believe that the um, uh, employer is violating federal labor law, okay? Over 21,000 charges were filed. Only 29 of those cases were taken up by the National Labor Relations Board um, to go into federal court to get what we call a 10-J injunction to stop the employer from doing what they were doing. In only four cases did the federal court issue the injunction out of over 21,000 instances. So the fact that they did this with the Queen of the Valley gives you a sense of how um, outrageous the hospital's behavior was. Now, the federal court has recent, a federal judge has recently told the hospital that it needs to enter into good faith negotiations. Where does that stand at the moment? So um, we had our first bargaining session um, last Thursday. I believe uh, the date was December 7th. Um, and we had bargaining, um, but then we got word today that they went back into federal of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals and asked for an emergency stay of the order um, uh, because the order was um, wide-ranging wide in terms of what it required the hospital to do. It's a procedural maneuver, and under the guidelines of the court, you know, this will be uh, decided in short order in a week or so. Um, but it's important to note that um, we believe, uh, and certainly the federal court in, in uh, Northern California feels, that um, continuing to let the hospital act in this way is detrimental to the legal rights um, of the employees is guaranteed under federal law. Um, and so we're very confident um, that the stay is going to be rejected by the court. Um, but it goes to, to another point that we're trying to make uh, in the community and to the board of directors. These are health care dollars, dollars that, and resources that should be expended to take care of our community, for the well-being of our community. And the hospital is wasting tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, health care dollars, to fight the rights their employees are guaranteed under federal law. And that's really the point of all this. Is it your sense, or the union's sense, and those that have been involved in these negotiations, and the lawyers and everybody else, is it your sense that this is something that is coming from the powers that be at the Queen in Napa, or is this coming from higher up within the St. Joseph system? Well, I... First of all, Jeff, you know, it depends on which day of the week, right? Where, you know, depending on what's happening, I will tell you that um, 
last winter after our election, there was another election. Maybe it was in the spring, Jeff, um, where a hospital, a Providence St. Joseph's Hospital in Santa Monica, California, St. John's, workers there voted to form a union and the employer did not appeal like they're appealing here. And they just negotiated a contract in six months. Here we are a year later and they're continuing the appeal process. So I, I don't know if it's coming from corporate level or not. I know that um, when local political leaders reached out to Larry Coombs, again, the CEO of Queen of the Valley, he said that it was not a local decision, that it was a decision coming from Renton, Washington, where Providence St. Joseph's headquarters are or is. Um, and so we um, contacted the CEO uh, of the of the whole corporation, and immediately got an email back from Larry Coons stating this is a local issue, not a corporate issue. So one minute Larry is telling politicians and political leaders and office holders in Napa one thing, and then he's telling us another thing. So it's like, it's like a moving target. But the bottom line is, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm Catholic, born and raised, Jeff. <laughs> And certainly this Catholic corporation is not following the teachings uh, of, the, of the Catholic Church and, and, and the, the teachings of, of our current pope, um, just the opposite. You mentioned that your union has contracts with the other uh, St. Joseph's hospitals in the area in Santa Rosa and Petaluma. When were those contracts put into place? How long ago? Um, I want to say, and don't hold me, but r- rough timeline, Jeff, uh, probably um, four or five years ago at uh, Memorial Santa Rosa and uh, maybe two years ago at Petaluma Valley Hospital um, and a couple of years ago at uh, uh, St. Joseph's Eureka Hospital in Redwood uh, and a few years ago at Providence Tarzana down in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Certainly in any kind of negotiation, it's always a good thing to try and understand what's motivating the people on the other side of the table. Obviously, you and your colleagues have thought about this, talked about it, and, and as well as the lawyers that are representing you. What conclusions have you reached, in your own opinions, as to why Queen of the Valley is, is being so difficult in this negotiation? And, and why it's so different from all of these other situations. I can only surmise, and, and it's my opinion, keep in mind, Jeff, that, that the caregivers that we represent, you know, in, in, in terms of the corporatization of health care in this country, caregivers that we represent, caregivers across the country, are the last line of defense to ensure that patients are getting the care that they deserve and that they need. And so a contract in a union, you know, give, give workers more of an ability to speak out uh, again when, when the care that um, is deserved and should be provided is not being provided. There are all sorts of protections built in to uh, union protections um, so that if employees feel like care is not working, that they can speak out. We have patient care committees um, where management and um, staff collaborate 
on, you know, the best vehicles to provide care for the patients in the community. Um, and we have those relationships. We do collaborate all over California. Queen of the Valley doesn't want to, you know, um, frankly, it just comes down to the fact that Queen of the Valley management doesn't want to listen to the caregivers who take care of our community day in, day out. What is the history of the Queen, as far as you know, in dealing with other unions and other union situations? Um, and, and I would, you know, recommend that you talk to the California Nurses Association right. But my understanding is um, it, it, it's been uh, it's been very problematic. It took a long time for the nurses at Queen of the Valley to win a contract after they voted to form their own union. Um, I, I just know by the example over the last year and, and the months leading up to the election that they basically thumb their noses you know, at the community, at the caregivers who provide care to the community. And keep in mind, this is a hospital that is not, um, it's not, it, it's less and less every day, Jeff, a community hospital, right? Uh, first, it was Queen of the Valley. Then it was St. Joseph's Queen of the Valley. Then St. Joseph's merged with Providence. And now um, Providence St. Joseph's is in talks to merge with Ascension Healthcare, um, another Catholic healthcare system, to form the biggest hospital uh, corporation in the United States. And so with each passing year, the, um, the ability to impact patient care, quality patient care in the community gets further and further and further away, right? Uh, Ascension Healthcare is out of St. Louis, Missouri. So a union the ability of caregivers to join a union and to speak out uh, without fear of retaliation about quality patient care and what's needed to provide quality patient care, um, it really is the only opportunity that caregivers have, especially in this corporate health care environment. Dan Martin, National Union of Healthcare Workers. Dan, I thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you very much, Jeff. We appreciate the opportunity and and always available to speak with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com. Napa Valley Radio, for the way we live now.